1: From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That, 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 that's some interdimensional <laughs> shit. <laughs> Wake up, Aaron.
0: This is only the beginning.
1: Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Timfall Fall Hat. You know I am. You know what I'm here to do? I'm here to rock. Rock. Welcome to the number sixteenth, ah, uh, conspiracy podcast. Let me start that again. Welcome here. Let's start. Oh, you from want to here. start from the yeah. okay. Three, two, one. Good morning, swarm man. Welcome to the sixteenth ranked conspiracy podcast in the world. Tinfoil hat. I don't know. Somebody made some list, and we made number sixteen. Super excited to be just recognized at all. You know, It's just some guy's blog. Some it's guy's blog. I mean, you see, we were number one in social know, uh, I mean. social media reach, but yeah, we're ranked 16. Johnny, Tom, who the was the guy, guy ahead of, of us? Yeah. The guy ahead of us had 1,000 uh, uh, followers. So. No disrespect to anybody on the list. God bless them. Thank you. Just to make the list is great. I'm not here to talk negative about You anybody. also don't want to be number one on a conspiracy fucking 100%, layers. dude. When, uh, when 16 other people get off, then that's the end of this podcast, okay? <laughs> Go after those guys first. Actually, I, I'm starting to get nervous if they get to around 10, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then, how about the first five get off? This podcast is done. We'll just keep track. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in, Tim Fall. How we greatly appreciate you. Join me as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? And on the ones and two, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How you know, are somewhere you? some guy just has that list
0: and just did a, took red ink pen and just did a circle around it. <laughs> Podcast, so.
1: yeah no dude <laughs> go after the bigger ones leave us alone yeah. we're just a bunch just of dick joke comics guys if you want to see me live i am going to be in minneapolis this whole weekend that's thursday through saturday actually i am not doing sunday or doing Memorial Day, uh, I'm just doing the uh, Thursday through Saturday live at the House of Comedy in the Mall of America in Minneapolis. My good friend Yoshi will be there with me, Johnny Bencourt. So we'll see how that goes. Go to samtriple.com for all the tickets. I'm also going to be in Miami the following week. I got a gig June 3rd uh, at ShitCoin 2021. Super excited about that. Glad crypto made a little bounce back. And then the following night, I'm at Ringmasters Comedy Club on South Beach. I'm so excited uh, and I got friends joining me there, so that should be fun. And then, the, finally, Tinfoil Hat. Comedy is back in Houston. We're going to be at the Secret Group. Four shows. The first two shows on each day. I believe a 7 7 show. That's a stand-up comedy show with myself, Xavier Guerrero, Eddie Bravo, and Reed Becker. And then the second show is Swarm Tank. That's right. Come pitch your conspiracies to your favorite uh, conspiracy theorist. Eddie Bravo will be there and myself as well. So, those are the gigs, man. So, go check that out. If you can't get enough of us, which I know you can't, you can get premium content from all of us. And all of our premium content is w- available at Rockfin, R O K F I N dot com. Uh, Conspiracy Social Club, Tim Fall Hat Premium Zero, the Greatest of All Time Sports Talk, b- Broken Simulation Early Listen, and We Don't Smoke to Sing, bang, bang Bang Singing. We Don't Smoke to Sing is all available there. Sign up you, instead of paying five dollars for each one of our show, you can pay ten dollars and get everybody. And I hope. You join us there. If you're looking for a cool t-shirt to show support the show, go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. That's com. Bang, bang, right there. Uh, so many good shows. I'm working on a couple great t-shirts. And, uh, yeah, that's it. What Anything else, guys? No, we rocking. Let's go. Hope to, uh, This is a great, great podcast. We got SK Bain on. He is talking about his book, uh basically nine eleven was a mass ritual. It's called the most dangerous book. What's it called? The most where is it? The most here we go. There we go. I almost had the most dangerous book in the world. 911, a mass ritual. Please uh, enjoy this interview with SK Bank. Drink from the fountain. All right, so let's get into it, man. This uh this guest is part of this great run we've been on with very interesting uh, guest interview on the show, and this guy's book is uh, power-packed with uh, I mean, incredible information. His book is called The Most Dangerous Book in the World, 9-11 as a Mass Ritual. Please welcome S.K. Bain. How are you, brother?
0: I'm good. It's good to be with you.
1: Thank you for joining us. For those who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: I worked at the uh, Weekly Standard magazine in Washington, D.C. Uh, in the late 2000s, and uh, I was the art director there. And uh, at the at the time, the uh, the Weekly Standard was co-located with the project for the New American Century, uh, which a lot of your listeners may recognize as uh, uh, being identified as uh, the beating heartbeat of the, the throbbing heartbeat of the, um, 9-11 Cabal. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it, uh, actually in my experience, um, you know, there wasn't anything overly suspicious about it when I was there, uh, you know, that, that I noticed, but it was interesting being, um, you know, ground zero for what a lot of people felt like was the, uh, the nest that hatched the 9-11 egg, but it um it was uh, uh, so I was the art director for the magazine there for about 5 years before that I worked for uh John Grisham's Oxford American magazine and uh, uh now I'm a freelance author
1: Well, that is wonderful thank you for joining us I've read a lot of your book I'm trying to get through all of it uh just I, I think it's a wonderful book it just comes out of the comes out and just like high kicks you right in the head, right out the gate. And uh, I mean, again, if, if people who listen to the show are looking for books to read, I know I've been giving you some crazy books. Royal blood lies was great. And then this book, man, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. The most dangerous book in the world. 9-11 as a mass ritual is uh, a pretty intense read. When we get down to, I mean, it's very interesting because, you know, if you go before, let's say September 10th, 2001, and you knew about that book that you just, A New American Century, right? Right. You read If you read that passage where they're like, it would take a Pearl Harbor type event, there's really nothing you could do with that information. There's really nothing. Because it just says, hey, man, we there'd have to be a giant event for something like this to happen. You're like, yeah. There probably would need to be a giant event for this kind of movement to happen. And then, bam, the next day, then it becomes something, right? Where everybody that's involved in this committee, all these neocons are who are now basically the face of 9-11, the face of our response to 9-11, the face of those giving us the information of how 9, what they wanted us to believe happened on 9-11. Okay, uh, they're all part of this committee that that basically formed and created this book, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, uh, the project was founded by uh, Bill Crystal, who was uh, Dan, Vice President Dan Quayle's chief of staff, and um, the uh, head of the uh, project was uh, Gary Schmidt, uh, former CIA. And um, it, you know, as far as the day-to-day operations and you know the white papers and things they they produced, it was all you know rather innocuous and nothing terribly suspicious. But yeah, I mean the uh, the the quote about a uh, new Pearl Harbor, um, you know, certainly fit the kind of the pre pre programming or, or predictive programming uh, mold uh, for uh, false flag events to have. You know such a powerful statement like that and then you know in a relatively short period of time and have that that fulfilled and then you know like you pointed out so many of the signatories or partners for the project um you know had uh deep state connections and were central figures in the um the 9-11 um terror attacks that in, were key figures in the administration and so you know, it looked rather innocuous, but then there were certainly a, a lot of suspicious connections. Um, you know, it was uh, you know, essentially a neocon think tank, and it um, so it is it understandable why a lot of people felt like that that was uh, you know one of the coordinating entities for the the nine uh, eleven attacks.
1: I mean, so let's get into your book because it is so amazing the amount of coordination that went into this and for what people want to believe happened to me it's like pure insanity to believe that that story's real i mean it is pure insanity now man you take the research you've done it, it becomes laughable Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Tebobodywear.com. That's Tebow Underwear. That's right. Go to TebowBodyWear.com. Use the promo code TINFOIL, okay? Their underwear is awesome. I have it on right now. That's how much I love it. Okay, their underwear was developed and tested by 400,000 men, okay? Bow Underwear is developed by a community a cons customers to improve previous versions and develop new versions that are uh, through their online platform. Okay. T-Bow Underwear is extremely soft and trust me, it is comfortable. Well cut for the most flattering look. Yeah, man. Your junk is going to look mm-hmm. power huge and we could all use that here. Okay. My proud six inches never looked better. This is because so many cu- customers gave their opinion to make them better. Better than ever. Okay, Tebow, un- Tebow is a leader in community-led production of their men's underwear. And they're leading the movement to have this as the future of all clothing production. Okay, Tebow is pronounced Bow, just like Jason Tebow. Okay. If you love Jason Tebow, you're going to love this underwear. Okay. Tebow underwear offers a superior cut bamboo material that is softer and more durable than your average underwear. Uh, additionally, a cool fact, bamboo uses 20 times less water and cotton fabric, which makes it contributes to sustaining the environment. Okay. Dude, a lot of great stuff. So here's what Tebow's offering. Okay. Get 20% off your next purchase at Tebow. Bodywear.com. That's T B O com, and use the promo code tinfoil. Okay, that's T B O com. Promo code tinfoil. I want to start off with what how much of this is about our old friend alster Crowley, who is number one dude we all want to fight. Probably number one or number two, if we could fight anybody in history. It's a real toss-up between him and Woodrow Wilson, who I would fucking dominate with a ground-and-pound attack, up in the corner, (laughs) elbows to the head, illegal shots the whole time. I would just push the ref up and just punch to the balls, eye gouges, all that shit, okay, because that's how I roll. I fight dirty for freedom, all right? So that's (laughs) how this kid rolls. But, I mean, by far, one of these trust fund kids got positioned, Basically, in my humble p- opinion, the Robin Williams of a hacky occult, where he just jacked a bunch of people's ideas, rewrote them, and then tried to act like he was a cool guy, and and just all these other trust fund kids just running with this thing, and like the the uh, I mean, for as as much as people want whatever they want to believe about Jesus, uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm into the Starseed stuff. You know, on the other side, I think it's Alistair Crowley, you know, and just the amount of uh, reach and influence this this uh, flaming bag of dog shit had on like so many people. And it really is like anybody that defends this guy needs needs to meet me in the octagon. OK, WrestleMania fucking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mass and square Garden, square circle. But let, let's get into like what kind of uh, what what? kind of influence did Alistair Crowley have on this group of people that kind of pulled us off?
0: Well, they, you know, he's, he's their idol basically. And, you know, we, we know that nine eleven was a false flag attack. It had very specific objectives, you know, to, to take us into wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, it was a psychological warfare operation on the, on the American public and the global, global public, uh, you know, it diminished our uh, freedoms. It gave us the Patriot Act, um, and you know, there, there were all sorts of practical objectives affiliated with it. But the the folks that orchestrated it, the the cryptocracy, as Michael Hoffman refers to them, uh, you know, they're they're steeped in the dark occult arts. Uh, they, they, you know, it's hard to understand that mindset, but they they believe um, that uh, you know they're, they're black magic uh, is very effective. And the, uh, so in, in part, the 9-11 was a mass ritual, uh, and there were multiple, um, elements, uh, multiple, uh, you know, subcomponents to the ritual. And, you know, you, what you have to understand is, and not, all of this stuff is super serious. Yeah, I mean, people died, but you know, the, the, you know, the cryptocracy, the illuminati, you know they got a wicked sense of humor and so they they weave in these inside jokes uh, you know the uh, that's that's just how they roll and the uh you know so a, a lot of the references that you find you know the you know favorite numbers of Alistair Crowley that were used that you know constituted the the uh, the airline numbers for the the planes that hit the twin towers. Yeah, Pentagon, we're gonna get
1: into that. Uh, for Eleven, sure. seventy
0: seven, ninety three. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they, these are things that are you know, to, in occult circles, they're, they're well known markers. I, I don't want to get into uh, the uh, that right yet.
1: I don't want to get into that because that's a giant part I want to discuss with you about. I don't want to kind of glaze over that because that, to me, if if your information is correct, which and I believe it is, is mind blowing that part but i want to get into like how did you were did you study the occult before you started to do do this book did did this topic take you into this murky dark world of uh black magic
0: yeah the the, the latter uh i you know i, I really didn't uh, pay a whole lot of attention to, to 9-11 or the, the conspiracy theories surrounding it you know at, at the and in the early two thousands. Uh, but over time, you know, I, I started encountering, um, articles and, you know, online material, uh, just with these really wild theories and assertions. And, you know, I was, I was captivated, but I thought there's no way this stuff can be true. So I dug into it and, you know, I, I uh, really started researching and I thought I was going to disprove, uh, these things and kind of you know put my mind at ease, and then the opposite happened, and I cranked out you know the what I refer to as the mother of all 9/11 conspiracy theories is you know it's worse than you you think, worse than you you know you would allow yourself to think. It's you know it was not only you know a, a massive um, false flag uh, terror attack and um, uh, psychological warfare program, but it was. Uh, Layered on top of that was a mass ritual, so I got pulled into, you know, researching all the various aspects of it. Just, uh, you know, originally trying to to uh, disprove that there was anything, uh, you know, to the Wilder conspiracy theories, and
1: ended up with the book by the way that is every flat earther that comes out of the show that's their their story too they're like i tried to disprove it now nah, i'm totally into it um, but which which is something you know i mean i knew something was off the moment it it, it 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 came like you know the moment it happened i mean i'm i was raised to question everything and it just so much of it didn't make sense right out the gate and, you know, somebody put out this funny tweet the other day. He goes, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and truth? And it goes about six to 12 months. You know, that's <laughs> that's what seems to be the biggest difference. So there's so much symbolism and so much to get into. Uh, so let's start, man. Let's start with what in your opinion. And guys, read the book. I mean, no matter what we talk about here, it will not do service To how incredible the information in this book is, okay? So make sure you get the book because I've been loving reading it. And you know, I mean I've been really like since I haven't been able to really enjoy television hardly at all anymore. I mean, I've been loving books, so And you're reading them or audio? I am reading them. I am reading them. (laughs) I am I am that old school. I like my books read. Not talked to me, not told to me. Um but um one thing we want to talk about is what do the to- what did the towers represent in in, in a cult?
0: The uh, the uh, twin pillars of Freemasonry, the uh, pillars of Hermes. There's a there's quite a, a long tradition surrounding the, you know the, the pillar mythology, and um, I, you know it. I just uh, barely scratched the surface of it in a, uh, a lengthy chapter in the book but yeah it the 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 twin towers uh were absolute stand-ins for uh the twin pillars of freemasonry and you know, i'm sure we'll in a, in a bit we'll get into some of the other symbols mega mega symbols that were at ground zero you know by by no means were those two buildings the uh, only uh, m- mega symbols involved in in nine eleven.
1: Uh, now, it is is it your contention, based on your research, that the buildings, the two towers, are basically built to be taken down?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I came to that conclusion. I mean, as, as far fetched as that sounds, uh, and, and I resisted that idea for for quite some time. I uh, had to be brought kicking and screaming, kind of kind of that perspective. Uh, because, it, you know, to, to think that they were constructed in 1966 with the ultimate purpose of, you know, being mass sacrificial altars brought down to us during the new millennium, uh, that that just sounds absurd. But so does about three quarters of my book. And unfortunately, I, I think, you know, I pr- present a pretty good case that, that all of it's true. So,
1: All right, guys. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends of Super Specios. Speciosa. That's right. The makers of the finest kratom. Products in America, aka the Super Leaf, that the tre- that the feds have tried yet thankfully failed to ban. Okay, just think about it. Why would they want people having the ability to take one product that has so many benefits when big pharmaceutical can profit by hooking you up on multiple expensive? prescription drugs it's fucking nuts dude it's just like it's so obvious what they're doing and everyone's like yeah what can you do i'll tell you what you can do fight back go to the indies man go to nature go to the natural leaf man okay it's great have you ever tried kratom absolutely yeah it, what it, do you it, think the, of it
0: it's it's shockingly effective i mean you you think something over the counter like this you know you you think maybe it doesn't have shady great shit well, just that everybody it, it, would know, right?
1: It, it, it wouldn't work, yeah. Right. You know, and it
0: absolutely uh, does what it says on the tin. I mean, it's it's absolutely effective. Yeah.
1: And, and they're trying to stop it because you know what? Mood you benefits. can't profit off of natural leaf, okay? They're trying to keep keep you down, so you got to take their stupid ass drugs when there's a natural leaf out there, okay? So this is what I want you guys to do. So give it a try. Give it a try. Okay, go to GetSuperLeaf.com slash Sam and get 20% off your entire order. And if you're can, if you not completely satisfied, no problem. Super Speciosa. Okay, Kratom is backed by a money-back guarantee. Go to GetSuperLeaf.com slash Sam. Promo code Sam for 20% off, dude. Johnny's tried it. XG's tried it. They know it works. And if you need help, try it, dude. Try it. And just, hey, man, it's got a money-back guarantee, dude. How great is that? Can't beat that. Can't beat that. So, again, go to get superleaf.com slash Sam, promo code Sam for 20% off, okay? This... These products and statements have not been evaluated by, by the FDA and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any diseases or illnesses. And you know what I say? Fuck the FDA. Who gives a shit? They're bond sold by big pharmaceuticals. And you know what? Give it a shot. Go to GetSuperLeaf.com slash Sam, promo code Sam, 20% off. You You said something very interesting right there, and that is to usher in a new millennium. And, you know, as I'm reading this, I'm like... Did these cats like open a portal to some dark energy? And done in a in a way that, and we'll get into what the numbers and how these numbers correspond with 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 Elsa Crowley. But like, I'm starting to wonder if like these guys opened a portal and let in some dark dark energy into this realm, and that we are dealing with. The ramifications of that dark energy in this realm, this dimension that we live in. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I, uh, that is a great insight. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I think that um, you know I, I kind of came to that uh, perspective, through that conclusion way late in in my research and, and writing. When when you know after I kind of pulled all the pieces together, and I, that you know towards the end I realized this was some kind of gigantic. Yeah you know, uh, global black mass ritual. And it was, you know, very intentional, uh, you know, very specific some numbers and symbols involved executed in a, in a very precise way, uh, very precise timing. And, you know, it, it occurred to me, um, you know, the light bulb finally went off with this, you know, this really sound, you know, it has all the hallmarks of a, a gigantic ritual or spell. And then, you know, you look at what, Occurred as the result of 9-11 and, and everything that's happened since. And it's, you know, you depending on your religious beliefs and your perspective on spiritual matters, I mean, you you might uh, certainly draw the conclusion or at least entertain the idea that they did cast a spell. It was very real. The black magic they employed was, was real and effective, and they've unleashed something on the planet that we're still dealing with and perhaps yet you know, that, you know, has not yet come to full fruition. It's, um, it's horrifying. The, uh, you know, some people would, would argue that, you know, maybe some of them don't necessarily fully believe in black magic or don't believe in it at all. And it's just, you know, they, their attention to detail their, their, uh, you know, the the amount of effort they put into logistics assures their success. And the, the black magic stuff is just for show and just to scare people, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, you know, after looking at this for a long time, you know, you, you could argue that the amount of resources that they have, the amount of you know uh, power that they have, you know, when, when they um, spend so much time focused on the details and executing these this, this type of thing so so precisely that that's what ensures their success. I think you could make a case that they believe that the their appeal to the dark powers through these rituals are what ensures their success actually uh, uh, conjures up the dark forces who then act on their behalf and ensure their success. So it kind of depends on how you know where you are in your spiritual journey, how you look at things. I think you can make a really good argument that they did unleash uh, something from the bowels of hell upon the entire planet on 9-11.
1: Well, I mean, like, if we, if through the, you know, spirituality, what do we hear all the time? Hey, we're entering the age of Aquarius, right? A new age of awareness. A- a- and we're elevating from the 3D to the 5D. Well, if these ent- if these entities or, or th- these occultics work with 4D energy, right, which is like trying to keep us trapped here in this 3D and not to get the 5D, right? And they knew, I mean, because, you know, they say millionaires study the stock market, billionaires study the stars, right? right, And and they know that the age of Aquarius is coming. Like, why not try to counter with that? I mean, like, I'm just thinking, why not try to counter with something that could try to help them keep their power?
0: Well, exactly. And we're, we're not just approaching the shift of the ages. You know, the the ages the, of the zodiac, the you know, Aquarius, Pisces, Sagittarius, you know, they're they're the the twelve, uh, you know, thirteen if you count Ophiuchus, which was added about ten years ago. But the the ages of the zodiac, you know, the the they're the uh, ages with a little a. There is the great age, which is all of them combined, which is about twenty six thousand years in length. And there's a good bit of evidence that. We're at the shift of the great age, and i make that argument in my third and fourth books. Refer to it in the first two, but, uh, you know, so we're not just approaching the shift of an age, you know, say from the, uh, I don't know, the, the minds had five ages, but, uh, you know, we're not just approaching a shift from the age of Pisces to Aquarius, but we're actually, the entire clock is resetting. You know, the, the hands are approaching 12 midnight, and we're about to start the grand cycle uh, also referred to as the Platonic year, or the Great Year, all over. So it's it's even bigger than what you might at first suspect. This the you know the elite uh, pin their uh, false flags and their mass rituals to auspicious occasions uh, you know huge into astrology, and you know they this, this part of the approach that they feel like uh, brings the dark gods forth to act on their behalf uh, and. The, so we're approaching a, you know, once in a 26,000-year um, uh, moment. And so, you know, you can see 9-11 in that context and then everything that's happened since. And, and really what uh, uh, my research shows is that the shift is actually uh, the, the cryptocracy. Um, you know, according to their calendar, it occurs – at the end of this year, 2021, moving into the year 2022, and this is getting, uh, you know, far afield from what I talked about in in 9-11 as mass ritual, but this is a broader context. You know, we've got COVID, we've got um, the Great Reset, and, you know, and we're about to have the government come out and, um, you know, admit to the existence of UFOs and little green men. So, you know, the 9-11 is... Uh, horrific as it was and you know given its global scale it could have just been a warm-up for what we're going through now and what may come in the next 12 to 24 months
1: so you're saying it could get worse
0: uh, uh don't shoot the messenger
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man well buy guns gold and uh, learn the farm that's what i gotta say and to that <laughs> which is what i've been saying for a long time um so so let's get into this man. Alistair Crowley certain numbers involving 911 co- correspond with certain numbers that were big with Alistair Crowley with his writing. Let's start with all of the flight numbers man cuz this is to me mind blowing. And when you when you break it down the way you did, I'm like, oh yeah, dude, this is so coordinated and so detail oriented. So let's get into it. Let's get into the numbers that that we see on 9/11 from the flight numbers and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, your your listeners. May know uh, that Crowley was pro- prolific author on uh, a whole range of occult topics, and so you know he wrote treatises on specific numbers and um, you know the, just everything that you could think of. He's got a, he's written quite a bit about it, and so the, these are not like offhand re- references to this number, or that number. It's you know it's you know his mother's birthday or something like that. It's much more deeper. I mean, it's much deeper, much more profound. And, you know, I document it to a limited extent, you know, compared to the amount of information that's out there in in my book and various chapters, but, you know, thoroughly establish the significance of these numbers within his system of Thelema. And the the flight numbers were, of course, eleven, seventy-seven, ninety-three, 93, and 175. And, um, you know, I explain what those mean in context of, The uh, you know his his religion system of Thelema, and then uh, you know on on one hand, uh, one level it's uh, just kind of an inside joke. You know all these numbers were important to Alistair Crowley, but then you could look at it from another perspective, which is that the planes were were vessels, sacrificial vessels, uh, containing uh, human sacrifices, and that these numbers were used uh, to consecrate those vessels. As, as sacrifices to you know, the, the dark powers, Lucifer, Satan, Aramon. So it's there's a uh, kind of an inside joke element, but then there's a you know a very real uh, uh, occult or, or ritual aspect. That just uh, as with the Twin Towers, which we've already talked about, but they they were essentially mega-sized sacrificial vessels, uh, sacrificial altars. Uh, they were wrapped in tridents which of course is the fire symbol if you look at the design of the the twin towers the, uh, the, they were um, the, the trident symbol is the, the core symbol of the the, the exterior of the, the twin towers and so this is you know they, there are things like this um, aspects to this ritual that you know you see them use repeatedly uh, you know and they they, they are, they consecrate the either the locations or the instruments that they use to um, uh, undertake human sacrifice, and so it's uh you know it's, it's a grisly business. It's hard to get your head around, but once you understand the philosophy, the approach, what's being done, why you know why specific numbers are being used and what they mean, you know you can you can catch on to it and it's it's easier to to believe, but it's it's so far afield from our everyday experience. And uh, it, it's, it's such a, a foreign mentality. It, it's hard to grasp. It was really hard for me to, to kind of get my head around it first. It took a long time kind of for me to absorb it and be able to process it and write about it. So, you know, for folks that may just be hearing this kind of thing for the first time, uh, you know, it's understandable that you just think it's just wacky and that, you know, I've lost my mind, but it's uh, unfortunately the, it's this whole Scenario is it's way too coherent. There's way too much documentation. There's way too much proof, and if you know if you can read the book and dismiss all these ideas, you know, you know that's that's fine. But um, you know, I, I tried to dismiss it uh, for two years while I was writing the book. Kept trying to <laughs> make it go away, and it never went away. So uh, good luck.
1: So let's get into some of these numbers real quick. Flight. Uh, f- let's do. Nine and eleven. What do these numbers represent? Well, of course,
0: uh, uh, nine eleven is you know nine one one, which is the the, in the United States is the you know universal number for emergency that you use to uh, seek assistance or request help, and so that is not by coincidence the. 9/11 uh 911 was in the works for decades and the 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 fact that 911 was uh selected as the universal emergency number in the in the u.s it's uh you know i, I make a, a strong argument that that's not by coincidence that that that's part of uh a uh, very intentional act to create cognitive dissonance. And so that, that's a very fundamental level, a very psychic level. That's kind of a hidden level, uh hidden aspect of the whole 9-11 mega ritual. And then 9 uh, in numerology is often associated with or thought to conjure uh, evil, and 11 is equivalent to magic. So just the numbers themselves, 9-11 means evil magic Jeez. and so you've got evil magic contrasted with help uh emergency danger and you know at, at a at a on a very deep psychological level just that fact creates all sorts of inner turmoil and and, and dissonance whether we realize it or not and i don't want to overstate the importance of that uh but it's um it, it, we notice these things at a subconscious level and we, we, you know, a lot of, we spend a lot of energy trying to write them off as coincidence. But, uh, you know, I make a, a strong case that it is not coincidence uh, that it is part of the psychological warfare uh, programming, part of the, you know, the, the ritual magic aspect of this entire event. And, it you know, it didn't just play out or have effect on 9-11, it has continued to have uh, an impact on our psyches and on uh you know every anniversary since and it, it continues to to influence in some ways we don't understand
1: so and according to your research nine uh, uh number 11 was one of crowley's uh top numbers or he, he was his favorite number or something along the lines of that it was very personal to crowley
0: well, not, not necessarily uh, the, the 9 and 11 for Crowley. I mean, he, he wrote about those numbers. He, you know, he attributed various characteristics to them. But, you know, what we have to understand is, you know, who's programming this event? It's the cryptocracy. And, you know, 9 is not inherently evil. Uh, 11 is not inherently evil. We're talking about what this means within the system of black magic, what it, what it means to the practitioners of the dark arts, and what it was intended to mean on 9-11 with all the acts that were taking place and all the other ritual elements. So, you know, you, you talk to an average numerologist, astrologist, you know, and say, hey, 9-11, 9 is evil and 11s is uh, magic. You know, they may roll their eyes at you, but it, it's not about what it means to the average person. The average uh, occultist is the elite the the you know the globalist the Illuminati, what these things mean to them and how they were employing them, what it meant to them uh I didn't ever run across anything you know specifically uh you know that the combination nine eleven was important to crowley uh but you know the, a lot of the, the other numbers employed were a lot of the other there there are multiple symbols that were important within within his um school of thought his within thelema. And, um, and 9-11 uh, was, uh, I guess, maybe a, a product of the engineers of the, the false flag. But it's, it all ties in together you know, to a to, to very ugly effect.
1: Uh, and the next number is 175, and this kind of blew me away. And this had something to do with a, basically a passage in one of his books, Correct. Correct. And what was that passage again? And I think, and this goes, this, this to me, this to me connects to what we were talking about earlier about basically opening a door to dark energy. Is that 175, a plane or what is that? Yeah. Well, okay. These are flight numbers. Okay. Flight number 11, flight 175, flight 77 and flight 93. We'll get into what each one of those represents. Uh, 175.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. There's a a a passage that I quote from Crowley uh, to, to, in explaining what that n- number represents. It is opening a a portal uh you know, bringing material evil into this world, which is what they were in the process of doing. So in some instances the numbers involved if you know their background I mean it's a it's essentially a clear and straightforward statement on what they were in the process of doing. Through, through their very acts, and so it gets pretty bold in some instances. Uh, there there are a lot of elements of it that are that are bold, that are in your face. Uh, you know, you, you might have heard the uh, the term uh, symbolic illiteracy. That you know, we we are uh, in our in our current state and in our you know today we're just so ignorant of uh, symbols and and uh, you know cult. Uh, terminology that—that's one of the things that empowers our oppressors and our captors—is you know our ignorance of, of these things and um, you know the medieval peasants had more knowledge of these things than, than we do today, and but it, it's what allow our ignorance of these things is what allows them these sorts of um, mass rituals to be played out and performed right in front of our noses on global you know globally televised broadcast is because we don't know what we're looking at and so there are any number of instances where they're really uh powerful uh symbols that that uh you can ar- argue affect us on a subconscious level that are em- employed in this uh public globally televised ritual that are uh should be obvious to us but That are not, and that's by design. It's not because we're lazy, it's because we've you know been that we're experiencing an induced spiritual amnesia, and then it allows these uh sorcerers to perform all sorts of hideous acts on us on the public.
1: One hundred percent. And this passage basically is that you must you must commit to these these entities that you want to worship. You must commit to them. You may you must make a commitment to them and by going full bore into them and their beliefs and showing basically making a sacrifice to them to connect with them, correct? Absolutely. Unbelievable. Now this is the craziest one. 77. 77, there's so many things that involve with 77. And I mean First of all, there, one, of the, one of the books that Alistair Crowley put out was one page, right? Right. Like, this motherfucker is, like, doing fucking cliff notes, acting like he's writing books and shit. When you heard that, were you like, oh, damn. Oh, I could, <laughs> write, I've written, I could write a million books then. Uh, but he, he basically wrote one book, and the book is 77, am I correct?
0: I, I believe so. I, I know he he did one called Lieber 777. Yes, uh, and they, I'm I'm pretty sure he did 77 as well. But yeah, I mean he was all over both of them. <laughs> and you know, 77 is a huge power number. It was incredibly important to him. It you know, it's tied into uh, you know the, the goat Baphomet. I mean, it had so many connotations and and uh, uh, different sort of subtle meanings. It's uh, it's one of the the biggies.
1: Uh, and, and there's also uh the seven, seven, 77th seventy seventh parallel. Correct? Is that where uh the Pentagon is? Um, and and it is. and basically his the seventy seventh is the uh the is his book in which he states, you know, the rule of uh, the, the rule of law, right?
0: Right. The book of the law. Yes.
1: Which is that, you know, do as thou wilt. Which is what really these these scumbags have basically rammed with. That is like, oh, I'm going to do what I want because I'm a god. And that's a big thing. So these numbers are very specific. The 77th parallel. And dude, you bring up so much. Oh my god, Johnny. You guys are, uh, dude, wait till you hear this. So basically what they want us to believe, Xavier Guerrero, is that. That the most fortified building and the most fortified airspace, the most guarded airspace in the world, somehow this plane got through it. Yeah, we're supposed to believe that. And it, there's even more to it. Can you get into the mystery plane, sir? Wait up. What, there, yeah. yeah, wait yeah. till you hear this. Uh, well...
0: The uh, it, Of course, it was uh, uh, flight 77 that hit the Pentagon, and the Pentagon sits on 77th Meridian West. Uh, and it's, uh, according to some sources, <laughs> the Pentagon is 77 feet tall. There are some others in there that have forgotten some other 77s. Uh, you know, but supposedly... You know, you've got a, a a pilot who couldn't fly a Cessna, according to his flight instructors, and he performs <laughs> this incredible corkscrew maneuver, down and comes in at ground level, and slams into the Pentagon, and, and to the very point uh, you know that housed the records uh, that were being gone through. Uh, you know, the uh, Donald Rumsfeld the day before on September 10th had announced that there were I don't know this was like. Uh, $1.3 trillion that couldn't be accounted for in Pentagon spending, well, that's where the records were housed, is right where the alleged plane slammed into, and we can get into whether it was a plane or a cruise missile or, oh, or what have you, but the, uh, the so there was, there was that, and so you've got this big 77 fest taking place at the <laughs> Pentagon, and Uh, But they're not done because in the sky above Washington, D.C. is one of the doomsday planes. And the call sign for this particular flight is Venus 77.
1: Do you guys hear that? So this was on top of the. So above the plane, above the Pentagon is a doomsday plane. And what is a doomsday plane?
0: It's a uh, airborne uh, uh, command and control platform that you know allows military commanders to basically conduct uh, any type of warfare at any level, including nuclear. You know, from the skies. And so, if they if they think Washington D.C. is about to go up in in a big uh, nuclear cloud, the the, air, uh, the doomsday plane is going to be airborne. And so it was, It absolutely was on 9/11. But so not only are we supposed to believe that these Flight 77 penetrated the most heavily defended airspace in the entire world, uh, but that it did. It, Flight 77 also snuck past the Doomsday plane. Yeah. So uh, it, and, it, it goes from absurd. It goes from ridiculous to absurd.
1: And why? Why is the Doomsday plane? Happen to just be up?
0: Yeah, I, how is it just up directly over the Pentagon, directly over Washington DC at that particular moment if if DC. is under attack and there's airborne threats, I mean the, and they, they had some reason to suspect that there were additional attacks. the The uh, doomsday plane would have been in a, a completely separate location. I mean, if you're looking at it from you know military strategic standpoint, they wouldn't have put that asset. In harm's way, and so it was just another aspect of the ritual where they had the uh the message that was being uh delivered on the ground with you know seventy seven slapped all over everything well it's it's also above you know and that that ties into the as above so below thing and it's kind of a joke, but then ah maybe not really
1: uh well I mean they're they're dark jokes that's what they're they're like. They're very yeah. very, yeah, absolutely, very dark jokes. So, uh, real quick, when we go back to um, seventy, uh, go back to one seventy-five. You mentioned uh, bathment, right? Is that where you got into bathment?
0: Yeah, the you know the androgynous uh, goat-headed uh, deity that is you know basically the embodiment of. Uh, you know the the um, you know the black magic itself. Uh, it, you know it goes, th- that particular entity. Uh, it goes back to the times of the Knights Templar. The you know, belief in that you know, that particular symbol does, um, and it was uh, you know indirectly sort of conjured in in multiple respects. Uh, in, with you know the use of several of the numbers. 77 and 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 175, and that was so. You you know the I guess the the guests of honor on 911 were uh, Aleister Crowley, uh, and on his elbow uh, Baphomet.
1: And, and so and basically, Aleister Crowley said uh, he doesn't just want to worship Satan; he wants to be his uh, like assistant manager or something like that. Like <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, yeah. And wanted to be district manager. I don't even know. He wanted to run Remember That South park episode where uh, there's a devil. On well, well, he, he had- yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: he, he was referred to as the Godfather of modern Satanism. And he, uh, absolutely earned that, um, uh, that title. Uh, but you know, he was, he was also a, uh, intelligence asset. Uh, some people kind of question, you know, how much he actually believed. I, I quote several passages toward the end of my book where uh, several statements by Crowley where he even says, you know, it doesn't matter if any of this stuff is real. It doesn't matter whether you believe it. If you if you go through the process, uh, if you, you know, to, do engage in the, the various steps outlined here, you know, you ensure your own success, and it doesn't matter whether it's real or not. I mean, Crowley even said that I I might tend to disagree but <laughs> because if you know if you look at the effectiveness of uh the the 911 uh mega spell it, it seems like it's pretty clear that something was unleashed but anyway I mean he he wasn't I guess my point is that he was not even a hardcore believer he he kind of maintained a I guess a, a, a bit of objectivity to it so
1: are you telling me a trust fund kid is a phony ass? That's never happened before. Back, yeah. Like half these people in Hollywood, these fucking phony, fake punk rockers. You know they're so phony. Yeah. But yeah. but getting back to the reason I bring up Batman, because do you know what city uh, the most of the the terrorist studied uh, flight school? Isn't it Florida? Somewhere in Florida. Florida, like Saratoga, right? Sarasota. Sarasota okay. Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota. And do you w- do you know where George Bush uh, went to meet the kids where they read the books? Oh, don't tell me that place. Sarasota. Sarasota. Uh, Same exact place. Are you? I mean, are we? Are, is this serious, man? And what county is do Sarasota you, in?
0: Do you Proud do county. you know where? Uh, <laughs> Do you, do you know where Ringling, uh, Barnum and Bailey's uh, clown college is located or was located?
1: Sarasota. Sarasota. Now, you brought <laughs> up some stuff about clowns and their role like in in the dark arts. What's up with that?
0: Yeah, they're kind of um, sort of modern variations of versions of the trickster uh, you know, the, in a the you know you you encounter clowns and railroad workers and and just various types of uh, uh personalities a, a lot in in uh freemasonic tradition and but- cl- clowns being you know one of the these key figures that I don't fully understand it it kind of spook you know it just freaks me out frankly but it's uh it's just one additional layer of the the nine eleven eleven mega ritual you know that you've got the uh, pilots training in the same uh city that bush ended up in on the morning of 9 11 reading the pet goat to a bunch of you know african-american school children where they were reciting it in a very in a very ritualistic manner in the gut in the state that was uh being run by the president's brother jeb bush and it's down the road is the you know barnum and bailey's clown college it's it's very sick it's very sophisticated it's uh you know you you, on some level you don't want to believe it you think why would they go to this much trouble what is what is all this insane crap about but it's they've got their reasons they've got their rationale you don't have to like it you don't even necessarily have to understand it but it's there they've done it for a very specific reason and if you want to ignore it just go right ahead
1: yeah it's also what's it called sigil magic they like yes. like to leave calling yep. cards so everybody knows who it is, what they did it. They get credit Absolutely. for that. He was reading Piccolo. So real quick, I mean, so here's the crazy thing about that if there's even more craziness to this uh, whole thing is that so we're we're led to believe that the country's under attack by people who lived in in deserts who couldn't fly and they just pulled off these aerial feats and that our country's under attack and our president sat there for seven minutes and did not get up he finished the book and his reasoning was he didn't want to scare the children
0: well that, that was very uh, you know specific timing that was very intentional. And, and, you know, it was the message to the insiders was, you know, Hey, people are, people are dying, you know, jumping out of the twin towers, planes are going up in, in flames. We're going to finish this ritual. These little kids are going to finish reciting this book, which is basically an homage to Baphomet. And it was, it, you know, so that those seven minutes, that didn't just happen. That was, that was part of the, the whole event. I mean, he was in, in that moment in that place and the, the way that he was, uh, conducting himself, he was really serving as the high priest for the 9/11 uh, black mass, mega ritual, uh, black magic ritual. I mean, it was it was a black mass. The I, I, I like to think about. I don't like to think about. I do think about the uh, you know the Sarasota uh, component. Really, as as a sort of almost a formalized black mass because that's, you've got the, you know, these poor children that are chanting out, you know, in a very rhythmic fashion, this uh, book and then uh, the the, the words to this book and, you know, it's, uh, it's all just very thinly veiled Baphomet worship. I mean, it's, if if you've got a, uh, just even a a clue, a, a minor clue about all this, I mean, once you start to... To kind of dissect it it's it's really clear what was going on
1: yeah uh i'm trying to find exactly what they said it's like crazy it's like ah, uh, yeah it's like they're like metal steel kite hit and it's just like what are these what kids he- saying
0: well, that yeah, that was after they finished the, the book, or maybe maybe before. But the, I mean, the book was basically okay. The, the goat does a bunch of bad stuff; The goat's the bad guy. But actually, the goat is the good guy. You know, which is sort of like the you know, hey, you know, Lucifer's gotten a bad rap, but he's actually the good guy. Is sort of a thinly veiled uh, metaphor for you know, Luciferian worship. It's you know, the, the hey, the goat's really the good guy. We just you know, we've been taught unfairly that he's the bad guy. And so you got this uh <laughs> there's that whole aspect to it.
1: And and flight ninety three, what does ninety three uh, symbolize?
0: That's traditionally used as a, a greeting between Thelemites. They'll they'll uh, sign their letters ninety three or you know like ninety three slash ninety three and there's this whole thread about, you know, what it what it represents. Uh I think it um I forget the exact phrase uh, that, that Crowley associated with it. It might be the, um, you know, the whole of the, the law uh, quote. Um, but it, so it, the number 93 embodies this, this very significant quote, but then it is also used as shorthand for greetings and salutations. It's, uh, you know, and, and when, you, when you know that and you look, uh, and if you're aware of that. You can find it in, you know, lots of different uh, places. And, and uh, I've, I've noted it in an old episode of the Twilight Zone uh, several years ago. And it was, you know, kind of strategically placed. But in on 9/11, it was very strategically placed on the uh, on the aircraft. And you know, again, we're not going to get into whether uh, you know there were were real planes and oh. you know. With, yeah, I mean that's that's a
1: whole other program. Oh snap, you know, dude! Don't tempt me with a good but, time.
0: But you know, according to the story, the the in flight ninety three, uh, you know, the he had old Todd uh, Beamer, and he, you know, did let's roll went down the, um, uh, the he went towards the front of the plane with some some of his buddies, and they confronted the hijackers and. You know, then the plane did a nosedive and then completely disappeared (laughs) into the ground and kind of a a wily coyote silhouette in the in the earth. Which, I mean, if you you buy that, you'll buy anything. I mean, it's this the this this uh, most absurd story out out of everything that they wanted you to swallow on nine eleven. If you believe that that a passenger jet a seven seven thirty seven we, you know, can come in nose, nose dive and completely disappear in the ground, and not without the tail even sticking out. Uh, you know, I can't help you.
1: Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Oh, so uh, if you actually go on w- Google ninety three th- uh it comes up, and it is one hundred percent salutation between uh, people who 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 um, study Thielma. It's a, it's a basically a hello they do to each other. And
0: well, th- and, yeah, and, and but they—I mean—they they weren't even through with with Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and, and of course Shanksville Shank. They, they, the uh, terrorists used box cutters, which were shanks, and so the very name Shanksville was part of the inside joke. Oh but, my you know, after God! 9/11, I didn't even think of that. They—they <laughs> they weren't even done. The the, the, the flight 93 memorial. Uh, as proposed, was in the shape of an Islamic crescent, and it was actually even oriented towards Mecca. And it was so obvious, and people got so so outraged that they actually altered a little bit, so it wasn't quite so obvious. They still still executed it. It's basically a, a uh, you know a outdoor mosque, and uh, in New York City. It, 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 no no this is the Flight 93 Memorial in Shanksville.
1: Oh,
0: oh my god, and, dude. Yeah. Uh so I mean they they weren't done on 9/11 mocking the, the public to their faces. They the designers of the memorial uh the, the the initial proposed renderings for the memorial it just looked like Islamic architecture, you know, outdoor Islamic uh you know plaza. I mean it was and it literally pointed towards Mecca. And so they, you know, the people caught on to it pretty quickly and were, they, they didn't necessarily realize it was a joke, but they, they they were so offended by it that the the designers had to change it and the park service had to change it. But yeah, I mean, that was another thumb in the eye uh, well after the fact.
1: I mean, if we study, uh, you know, Operation um, Northwood, they they basically talk about how they wanted to pin a war on Cuba. They were going to fly a plane in the sky. They're going to do a big thing presentation. Hey, I'm I'm supposed to be on this plane. We're going. We're students. We're going to Cuba. They're going to fly them in the air, put them on the ground, and then send a basically a drone, another plane into the sky and blow it up and blame it on Cuba. And it has all the earmarkings of a uh, you know of what 9 11 was. And you know, so now we get into like and I talk about this all the time, Mark Wahlberg and Seth MacFarlane. How they were like, I was on the supposed to be on that plane, but I wasn't, thank God. But now I got a billion dollars with all these assets in Hollywood. <laughs> it's like, Wow, I'm so lucky. I mean, like, look at what Fox well look at Family Guy, man. Family Guy. Right? That that show yeah, went off air. And it was the first show ever brought back because fans complain too much. And it's like, okay, dude, I got gotcha. you. Johnny's like not into this, but I told no, I'm him. I'm
0: not a family guy. I, I'm yeah. a South Park. Guy. Yeah.
1: But, but. And I, uh, I mean, it just, and all these guys have multiple, multiple TV shows and movies going on at all times. And if you want to believe that a couple got each, like what, three dudes On each plane, how many guys were there? Three, four guys? Could overtake an entire airplane with just some mace and box cutters? Like, that's what you want to believe? Like, good luck on that. I mean, it would take like (laughs) two minutes of that thing going up in the air for everybody going, fuck it, dude. What do we got to lose? Let's... Fuck these dudes up. You can't even take your mask down before someone bitches at you right now. Yeah, you're just going to allow some dudes with boxcars be like, oh, what are we going to do? I hope they land a the plane. They're nice people. Are they going to serve us drinks? I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. I mean, like, the whole thing is laughable. And I and I say that with a total understanding that we lost lives. And I, I do not. I'm not making light of that. I'm making light of what people bought. And I know emotionally it was bad. Yeah. But go through all the news agencies go through all the all the politicians, all of them let you down and lie to you about this day. So I don't want to keep you all day because I know you're you're on your phone and, and like that could get crazy talking like that for a while. But I want to get into the final thing, the Statue of Liberty. There's so much talk about who the Statue of Liberty is. Is it really a woman holding a torch? Some people think. It's this other god, I forgot, Hermes, or... I forget who the other guy is, but your belief is thats is that there is an argument that the Statue of Liberty is, in fact, Lucifer. It was given to us, though, right? Yeah, by France. Okay. Fuck them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, the there have been various... Uh, Suggestion as to, to, to which deity that it represents, and what you got to understand is, you know, the 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 elite—they're—they're they're not just uh, super uh, hardcore about things. I mean, they'll, they'll mix and they'll match, and you know, it might mean this, it might mean that. But I mean, ultimately, it kind of comes down to what spirit does it represent, and who's the 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 most obvious. Uh, kind of the, the lead entity that, that represents that spirit, and so I think, in context of nine eleven, on nine eleven, you know, what did the Statue of Li- Liberty represent in the minds of those who orchestrated, in in, in, in the uh, in terms of black magic and the black arts? I mean, I think you could could clearly make the case that it, that it was Lucifer. You know, maybe you uh, you know, t- at other points at time to other uh, organizations or occult groups that. You know, may represent the great goddess, may represent uh, you know Isis, but you know, it, and if it, it represented multiple strains or, or uh, you know multiple entities, then that's fine. But I think in terms of overall spirit of the occasion and what was going on, and, and the other symbols involved, and what you know the uh, the, the, the kind of uh, the the mood that was clearly being invoked elsewhere and through mass death, it was. Lucifer so and it was ob- of course the uh, the statue was with uh, its it, well, location is overseeing ground zero with the the planes slamming into the the twin towers and then uh, I, I have a chapter on the the ground zero and there there are multiple other buildings there uh, mega sized uh, uh, symbols on the the roofs of the Uh, some of the other buildings of the World Trade Center. And, you know, there's the uh, Millennium Hotel, which represents the radiating ashlar of the the Freemasons. It was, you know, tied into the the whole 2001 Space Odyssey, uh, you know, Blackstone thing. I mean, it just... It it, never, it almost never ends the the number of symbols that they've incorporated into this ritual and the number there, there were there were uh, you know a a quite a few symbols there at at Ground Zero and so Statue of Liberty overseeing all of this um, and just just was I guess you the icing on the cake it it uh, it's um, just a, a clear statement you know, one of the clearer statements of who was in charge that day.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, their whole idea is that the Statue of Liberty could be Nimrod, the Statue of Liberty could be an ancient uh, Anunnaki. uh, Aphrodite. Aphrodite, but it's a lot of other things other than the Statue of Liberty. And, (laughs) I mean, this is what they do, dude. This is what they do. They hide it in plain sight their symbolism will be their fall, their downfall. And I know people associate that with Q, but in my honest belief, that's the truth, man. And I also believe sometimes they want to be found. So we feel powerless, but you know, as we've discussed earlier, I think we're entering an age of uh, enlightenment and they know what's going on and they are, um, they're afraid. One last thing I want to get into with you because you brought up, in uh, some of the notes we got into I want to go into two real quick the JFK assassination right and the and the JFK was, uh, the 50th anniversary was in 2013 he was uh JFK was murdered on eleven twenty two sixty three, 63 right uh when was the right. boston bombing and where did the boston bombing happen
0: well Kennedy was born in in Brooklyn or our brookline uh, which is a suburb of, of Boston and the Boston bombings took place you know several miles from uh, his uh birthplace and the uh 2013 was the 50th anniversary of the assassination I refer to it as the golden jubilee of the killing of the king the in the the, uh, the assassination was uh it was a uh, a very potent mass ritual and um, you know, people are familiar with the Boston bombing. They may or may not have realized there was a connection to to Kennedy, but actually there were a whole series of events that year. They, they spent the entire year of 2013 commemorating, you know, one of their, um, signal, uh, mass rituals in the 20th century, the JFK assassination. And there, there were events from January through December and I outlined those in, in my second book. But, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that at the time that the the bombs uh, were going off in Boston at the finish line of the uh, marathon, that there was a fire raging at the JFK Presidential Library just a few miles away in Boston. And, you know, so you start to put the pieces together and look for the traditional markers and and signs. And, you know, pretty quickly, you can construct what I refer to as the occult script for that year. It's it a, was a whole series of false flags events that had, um, you know, clear connections to or, or made clear references to JFK assassination. There was a, I don't know, one of the minor incidents was later in the year uh, the head of a. Uh, of a JFK statue somewhere in the Midwest, just up and went missing, and it had been there for you know 50, for you know forty years, and then all of a sudden, thing goes goes missing during the uh, anniversary or year of his assassination. Just a whole series of things like that. There were uh, uh, events in Texas. Uh, you know, uh, of course, Boston, but then it just kind of ranged all over the map. But it was sort of a, a hidden mega ritual. People aren't nearly as aware of what went on in 2013 as as what went on on 9 11. But it was there were a lot of similarities in in what they did, how they did it, how they marked things, kind of the inside. You know, the black humor, the dark jokes, and uh, so it uh, that was. Uh, 2013 and i had some uh al- also in my, my second book i kind of outline in with 2013 as a backdrop some some minor blowback that i got uh as a result of of writing and releasing my first book 911 is mass ritual it kind of somehow got mixed all in there together and it was uh, it was a wild ride but one of the uh the things that uh, uh just was i found the most amusing was there was a one of the uh elements uh took place in tupelo mississippi which is where my office is located but an elvis presley impersonator was framed by wayne newton impersonator for sending uh rice and lace letters to (laughs) president obama and you just can't make this stuff up It, it, it there was a whole gq article 15 page long gq article about this and uh, you can either read it in my book, or you can lo- go look up that article online. But it's hilarious.
1: Oh my God! What a fucking clown world we live in, huh? What a clown. <laughs> Speaking world. of clowns, yes. <laughs> you know. Okay, so one more thing. Uh, we're we're in 2021. You meant you mentioned the next, you know, year, two years. It's gonna get bizarro time. You know, if it's it and crazier, the World Economic Forum with the Great Reset. But now, I don't know where we're starting to see every news agency from both sides spit-roasting us with this, uh, you know, UFO stuff. We in the conspiracy community are very skeptical, as always. Project Bluebeam. What is your thoughts on that whole alien agenda stuff?
0: yeah i i had to do a blog on this um uh, i guess posted it yesterday it just uh it is so uh, <laughs> it's so maddening i mean the uh you know we're we're in the middle of uh uh you know global pandemic and then the great reset and then you know I contend that this year is the great reset. we're about to switch from one great age to another and so I think even the term the great reset is an inside joke, and so we've got all this going on. We've got a you know a plannedemic, you know a, a staged coronavirus outbreak. Uh, you know they they um, gave us previews of this with SARS and Mars and uh, you know, all the the precursors to uh, COVID 19. But so you know, just all certain you know comes together this year you know miraculously, and then and so in the midst of all this and global economic downturn. The U.S. government is going to come out and tell us. Oh, by the way, UFOs are real. The the that's, I, I don't even know what to say about it. They're not going to tell us anything we don't already know. And the, the timing, I think, is what we should really be paying attention to here. Uh, and you know what? What their strategy is? What's coming next? Why you know are they laying the groundwork for you know Project Blue Beam or uh, who who in the world knows? But you know the the transition from. Uh, one great age to the next that's occurring at the end of 2021 moving into 2022 20 you know the year 2022 being the you know the dawn of the new great age of satan that there there's a purpose here we don't know what it is yet we know they're not going to give us any real information about ufos they're going to say oh yeah it uh it's got the, these things have flight characteristics that are defy the laws of physics you know if if there are people uh, for those that haven't been paying attention over the last 30 years, they may see this as news. Most of us are going to go say, we, we already knew this. What, what's your point in doing this at this point in time trying to influence public opinion? And we'll just see. But, you know, they could be setting us up for something. Uh, it's just hard to tell. We'll find out within the next six months. So, uh, And if, if you really want to know what I think, you can check out my blog.
1: Uh, And we'll include that uh, link to your blog in the description. Final question, unless you guys got anything. I final question: Earth round or flat? (laughs) (laughs) Both.
0: There we go.
1: Perfect answer perfect answer. That's exactly what I believe. It is whatever you want it to be. There's information. That is this realm. If you think it's round, there's a ton of information for that. If you think it's flat, there's a ton of information for that. And that's that's the truth. The, you, there is no reality. There is only perception and what you perceive is what. So I believe in our heart of hearts, dude, that, that these guys manipulate us to steal our louche. We are all the power. And if we don't feed into theirs and we spread love, we, sp- we use a law of attraction, model of abundance and love thy neighbor, they lose all of their powers. And like most of the listeners who and most of the guests who come on here, most of the listeners and, and uh the swarm that follow this show, they don't fall into this man, but a lot of the people we love, a lot of people we work with, you know, we go on dates with all this stuff, they all all their most of their problems are on the TV screen or the computer screens. And and they, because there has to be suffering and their life is is so easy, they have to find something to complain about. And that's yeah. just falling for the trick. That's falling for the tricks, man. Now, one, one last question. nine wasn't the first or the last mass ritual. Right. You don't got to go into detail, but it isn't the first or the last. Right. What do you mean by no, that? No, no, not- the not Pearl not Harbor, shot. like Pearl Harbor could have but been a JFK mass ritual. Yeah. was well, well, it a wasn't a mass ritual, though. I'm talking about no, like a lot a of people. No, it was a mass ritual. Like a lot of people dying? Well, uh, uh, I Pearl think Pearl Harbor,
0: if, if Pearl, Har- Pearl Harbor may not have been a mass ritual, but it was certainly uh, allowed to happen. It could have been a staged, you know, it could fall into the category of false flag terror because it was allowed You know, allowed to happen. We had foreknowledge of it. And who knows how much behind-the-scenes coordination there was. And, of course, you know, the, the – uh, the global elite funded both sides of, every, of that war and every war prior to that. So who the hell knows?
1: Well, when you say, I think when he says mass ritual, I, I don't know if that meant necessarily means mass casualties. I think mass rituals is it's a ritual on a large scale. Like the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. like the yep. Super Bowl yep. is a mass event. Now there's a lot wow. of people there. But a UFC fight between two guys is a mass event, not a mass ritual, but a mass event. Am I yeah. Am I wrong on well, that?
0: Uh, no, you're not wrong. And, and some false flags are not, you know, don't also double as a mass ritual. There are really no ritual components woven into it. There's not that extra layer. Sometimes there's just, you know, it's a a staged effect. It's uh You know, a mass shooting, or it's it's industrial sabotage. You know, it's some sort of false flag attack. You know, self-inflicted wound. You know, an attack on the 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 homeland by its own security forces for you know for their own purposes. Uh, But you know, some there's certainly not always ritual elements, but a lot of times there are. If you if you look deeply, and what I found is that. Quite frequently, if you look at the names, numbers, locations, the, the markers for, uh, involved with the, you know these events, that there is uh, not infrequently a reference, uh, an encoded reference, either to a previous false flag or to an upcoming false flag. So they're foreshadowing what they're going to do maybe in a year, two, three years. But, you know, they, they're... Uh, False flags and mass rituals are the combination thereof. I mean, they, they go way back, uh, you know, well before the founding of the United States, and you know, well back in the antiquity. But in terms of modern false flags, I mean, the the biggies, of course, are JFK, nine eleven. But you've got uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Waco, and and some of those have ritual elements. Um, you know, Waco, for instance, the Mount Carmel. Uh, compound was seventy-seven acres, and it's just right off of Interstate or uh, U.S. Route seventy-seven, which also goes through Daily Plaza. So it gets deeper and deeper, baby.
1: Yeah, I mean it's chaos out there, and they, you know, they they, they love to leave their calling cards. Uh... Well, they're, they're
0: programming a reality through all of this. It's what they believe. They, you know, this is how they. Uh, program the the matrix and we exist in their world and we're at their mercy and this is on on the one hand is is uh inside you know sort of inside baseball inside jokes but then on the other i mean they're they're controlling our reality down to the the most minute level uh with with the symbols and and numbers and so uh we probably shouldn't laugh too much about it
1: (laughs) Uh, well uh, I love your book I hope that our listeners go check it out once again it's called the most dangerous book in the world 9-11 as a mass ritual uh, SK Bain, thank you so much for coming on uh, when you got more books coming out or you got another book you want to come on and talk about the door is open to you my friend anytime all the time Love to do it. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, I hope to see you guys in Minneapolis uh, or Miami or Houston. All those dates are coming up. I love you guys very much. Thank you much. Thank you, Xavier. Thank you, Johnny. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mic. Drink. From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional idea. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. There's, you just blew my mind. Tim Foyle Hack. Tim foil hack.